thank you for your holy word that as it goes forth now, it'll bring insight to all of us. It'll bring uh, encouragement to all of us. It'll, it'll help us and it'll lead us and guide us, your holy written word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Let's uh, open our Bibles today to the gospel account of John, the second chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you and you'd like to use one of ours, we'd be glad to loan you one of ours. Uh, You can just raise your hand real high and our ushers will be glad to bring a Bible to you. The scriptures will be on the screens up there, but there's just something, uh, I believe there's a blessing in having a Bible, holding it, opening it, reading it. And so if you you didn't bring your Bible with you, you you'd like to loan one... uh, us to loan you one of ours, raise your hand real high, ushers will be glad to, to do that. We just ask that you leave them on the seats when you leave so we can use them again next time. I want to talk to you today as you open to John, the second chapter. I want to talk to you today, something that's, that's on my heart, uh, that I believe the Lord put on my heart to share today, talking about a clean house, a clean house. Now, I'm not talking about... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not talking about your house at home where you live. You'll see what I'm talking about in a moment. It's interesting, the songs that they sang this morning, Pastor Diane and I didn't talk about, you know, what she was going to sing, but it's just the way the Holy Spirit will orchestrate a service sometime. Uh, Remember the song there they were singing, Empty Me of Anything That's Not Like, Like You. Remember that? Empty Me of Anything That's Not Like You and That's Not Like God, you know. Uh, we want to be emptied of anything that's not like him. And we want to be full of things that are like him, you see. And so, uh, a clean house. You'll see what we're talking about as we go. Notice here in John, the second chapter in the 11th verse. This was right at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, our Lord and our Savior, you know. Right at the beginning of his public ministry. Notice John 2 and 11, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, you know, where he turned the water into wine, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now watch this. And he found in the temple... Now, this temple, we could say it this way. He found in the house of God those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. And notice what Jesus did. He made a whip of cords. He drove them all out of the temple. He drove them out of the house of God with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, he said, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. You see, there were some things going on here in the house of God that was very displeasing to the Lord Jesus. And so displeasing that he cleaned it out. He drove it out. See, the house of God was not clean. 
And so he drove that which was not clean. See, he drove it out. Now, it's interesting that he had not been to this temple and his presence had not been there. And did you know that without the presence of God, things can get dirty, things can get unclean. But when he shows up, what does he do? He drives out that which is not profitable, that which is not clean. Talking about a clean house. Now, about three and a half years later, at the end of his public ministry, at the right near the end, before he went to the cross to to you know die for us on the cross and then be raised from the dead and all of that. About three and a half years passes and he makes another trip back to this temple. Notice Matthew twenty one twelve. Matthew twenty one twelve. A lot of people think Jesus just cleaned the temple out once. No, he did it twice. He did it once at the beginning of his public ministry and once at the end. Notice this. Matthew 21, 12. Then Jesus went into the temple of God, the house of God. Now this is about three and a half years later. And drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it's written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things which he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David... They were indignant. But the point that I want you to get here is notice that Jesus had left the temple. He hadn't been there three and a half years. Do you notice that without his presence in the house, the house got dirty again? And it got dirty with the same things that it had been dirtied up with before. Dear friends, we need the presence of God. Without the presence of God, the house gets dirty. And and Jesus felt so strongly about the house of God that actually if you read Mark's account of what we just read in Matthew 21, in the Amplified Bible uh, says it this way in verse 16, Mark eleven sixteen, the Amplified Bible says, and he would not permit anyone, now notice Jesus would not permit anyone to carry any household equipment through the temple enclosure, thus making the temple area a shortcut traffic lane. I mean, notice how strongly Jesus felt about keeping the house of God clean. He wouldn't even let them walk through the house of God with a common item. It'd be like if this sanctuary here, if I was back in my office and I wanted to go back over here sometime or another, back over into the children's area, and I was just going to walk through here, you know, with, with, with some kind of a something or other. Jesus felt so strongly about the house of God being clean, he wouldn't even let me take a shortcut through here was something that I shouldn't be carrying. I mean, he was pretty, uh, uh, he felt pretty strongly about the house being clean. Can you all see that? Can you or can't you?
You know, you, you couldn't just show up to the house of God and just act any way you wanted to. There had to be a reverence. You see what I'm saying? Showing up to the house of God, you know, I've said this for years. Some folks have got mad at me. But showing up at the house of God should not be like, it shouldn't be the same as showing up at Walmart. Did you hear me? When you go to Walmart, you've shown up at a store. But when you show up at the house of God, you've shown up at a holy place. A place that's to be reverenced. Did you hear me? See, like like the house of God, see, I'm all for having donuts and coffee and all of that. But you see, donuts and coffee should not be part of, of, of when we're worshiping God in the sanctuary. And when the man of God's preaching under the anointing, that's not a time to be going out and getting coffee and donuts in the foyer and coming in and eating coffee and donuts while a man of God's teaching the word of God. Did you hear what I just said? See, Jesus wouldn't permit that. You understand that? I'm all for having coffee and donuts afterward. But we, you understand, this is a holy place. And so we talk about the building here as the house of God, and it is. And it's to be approached reverently and respectfully. But let's take this all a step further. Yes, this building is the house of God. But what did I just say a moment ago? Yes, it's good to come to the house of God, but it's even better to what? To be the house of God. Notice 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Notice what the Bible says here. Do you not know, 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, that's, he's talking to Christians here, people who, who have repented of their sins and asked Jesus into their heart and made him Savior and Lord. See, once you do that, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you and you're born again, born of the Spirit, and, and you become the temple of God. You become the house of God. A place where God dwells. He dwells within you. And so we talk about keeping the church building clean, if you will. And, I, and I'm not just talking about a clean floor that it's vacuumed. You know what I'm talking about. Approaching the house of God here, this building, with a reverent attitude and keeping it clean in that way. But, but when we talk about that we are, our bodies are the temple of God, that we are the house of God, it, 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 I think it should make us think a little deeper maybe than we ever have thought before, and that it's important that the church atmosphere is clean, but did you know it's important that you are clean in your everyday life? Did you hear what I just said? You see, it's one thing to come to church and act reverent and pious and all of that. But did you know that really is, it's important, all right, but it really is secondary to how you act in your private life. Anybody can come to church and act a certain way. 
And, and God does look at that and that is important. But I think what is more important is how we act in our private lives. How clean are we in our private lives? You can actually, in the book of Hosea, you can, I believe it's the book of Hosea, you can see over there where God himself said that he absolutely didn't look forward to the people gathering together to sing praises to him. And when I first read that, I thought, what in the world? God didn't look forward to people coming together to sing praises to him. But when you read it all out, you see that that people that he was talking about, they acted horrible in their everyday lives. But then they'd come to the building, to the house of God, and then they'd sing their hymns. And you know what God said? God said, that's just a bunch of noise to me. I don't even want to hear it. And then he goes on, I believe, and says to them, get your lives cleaned up and then come to the house and worship me and then I'll receive it. You see, if, if, if we don't live clean day, daily in our in our bodies, in our temples, you know, if we don't live clean Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then when we come on Sunday to worship God, God actually doesn't look forward to us getting together to worship him because it's a bunch of noise. It's not, it's not, it's not acceptable to him. But I tell you what, if you get a group of people that will, will endeavor to live clean Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, Saturday, then when Sunday comes and we come together to worship him, God looks forward to that and he receives it and it is a blessing to him. You see, having a clean house, I'm talking about your, your bodies now. And the way you live in your everyday life, being clean is vital to being in the presence of Jesus. The Bible says this in Hebrews twelve fourteen. The Bible says this, pursue peace with all people and holiness, or we could say cleanliness, without which no one will see the Lord. Now that word there, see, yeah, it means to, uh, to observe and to look at, but it also means to have an intimate walk with. Did you know that you cannot have an intimate walk with Almighty God? You cannot have an intimate walk with the Lord Jesus Christ unless you're pursuing peace with all people and you're endeavoring to live clean and holy in your everyday life. Did you hear what I just said? Did you get that? How many of you really, you really do, you really want to walk close to God? Well, you can't do it unless you are endeavoring to live holy and clean. Did you hear me? I'm not saying that any of us are perfect because none of us are. But if you want to walk right before, if you want to walk close to God, you're going to have to walk right and do what's right. Did you hear me? You see, when we get born again, or when, when we get saved, born again, being saved means the same thing. When we get born again or saved, how do you do that? By repenting of your sins, asking Jesus into your heart. When we get born again, we're washed clean spiritually by the blood of Jesus and we're ready for heaven. How many of you know it's only the blood of Jesus and what Jesus did that makes us ready for heaven? Amen? 
We, we can't work our way to heaven. There, we, there's nothing we can do in, of, in and of ourselves to, to obtain heaven. It, the Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith apart from works. So this, this, has nothing, this message has nothing to do with our accessing heaven. Because you can't access heaven by works. It's only through what Jesus did through his death, burial, resurrection, his shed blood, and us believing on that and receiving him as our savior. That's what gets us to heaven. I'm not talking about that this morning. I'm talking about Christians being in the presence of God where, where, where God shows up and, and, and we experience his glory. How many of you would like to experience the glory of God? Well, then it takes holiness. It takes living right. It takes keeping this temple, our bodies, clean and right before him, you see. And then we can experience his presence. So you see, when we get saved, the blood of Jesus makes us ready for heaven, but we still have this flesh to deal with. How many of you have realized you still got that flesh to deal with? See, when you got born again, your spirit got born again, but your flesh didn't. Your flesh, you still have to deal with your flesh and bad habits and things like that. You understand? But you see, as we spend time in Jesus' presence, he, he, he cleanses, uh, he cleans us up and drives out anything that is dirty and defiles. Amen? Did you hear what I just said? See, when he showed up at the temple, what did he do? He drove out that which defiled, that which was not good. He drove it out. See, so we get saved through faith in Jesus, but then he's he's still, we got this flesh to deal with. And the Lord Jesus, as he, you know, when we get saved, he'll he'll begin to deal with us to clean our our lives up. If there's bad habits and things that we're we're doing, we got to get rid of those things, you see if we want to experience the fullness of his presence and his glory. But I've learned this too. It's just like when you have a little baby, you know. When you have a little baby, you know, you have to do a lot of things for that little baby that the little baby can't do for itself. But you see, as that baby grows and gets older, you expect more out of them, don't you? I said you expect more out of them, don't you? See, when you have a little toddler, you might even spoon feed that little toddler. Is that right? But when that little toddler grows up to be 14 years old, you know, I mean, you know, unless there's some other issue that, you know, but if they're just, you know, if they're they're healthy and everything, you wouldn't be spoon feeding them at 14 years old. Is that right? When do you think there's something wrong if you still have to say, baby, open your mouth and open, huh? When they're 14? Now go, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're, when they're six months or something, that's one thing. But when they're 14 years old, now, you know, spiritual development is the same as natural development. When we get born again, the Bible calls us babes in Christ, but then God expects us to grow up. And, and as we go on with God, you see Jesus, he'll work with us and whatnot, but there comes a time when the Lord expects us to, to grow up and discipline ourselves and to keep ourselves clean. Did you hear what I just said? Remember the apostle Paul? He said, I discipline my body and I keep it under control. Do you remember that? And see, what, what, what I believe the Spirit of God is wanting me to get across to all of us, including me, is that, you know, 
we all need to endeavor to discipline ourselves and, and, and keep our, our bodies under control so that we can walk holy before him and we can experience his presence and his glory. And I tell you what, if, if everybody, you see, and I'm not just talking here about Sunday mornings. I'm talking about doing this during the week when nobody else is watching. I'm talking about living right at Walmart. I'm talking about living right at Kmart. I'm ta- talking about living right at Target. Did I get them all? I'm talking about living right at the laundromat. Amen. I'm talking about living right at the post office. I'm tra- talking about living right at work. I'm talking about living right in the, in the break room at work. You hear what I just said? And then we get together on Sunday. You'll see that you'll see that presence of God. Presence of God was here this morning. You'll see the presence of God increase and get stronger and stronger. Now notice if you would 2 Corinthians 6.14. Talking about a clean house here. And this applies to me as well as it does you. 2 Corinthians 6.14, talking about a clean house. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? That was a, a false god, you know. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God... Your bodies are temples of God, right? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. We've said that. We've seen that. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. Therefore, now watch this. We're talking about a clean life. Come out from among them and be what? And be what? And be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is what? Don't touch what's unclean. And I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So he he says, come out from among them, doesn't he? And be separate and do not touch what is unclean. So what I get from that is, is that If we're going to live a clean life before the Lord, there's some people that we're going to have to separate ourselves from. Did you hear what I just said? I remember when I was in high school and well, actually, yeah, right when I went from the eighth grade into the ninth grade, I I, I got turned on for the Lord. And I remember as I went into the ninth grade, I remember there was some friends of mine who I had, you know, from, from the time I was in fourth grade, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, I get turned on for the Lord, you know, and then I get up in ninth grade and, and they wanted to go do things that we shouldn't be doing, go places we shouldn't be going. And I, and, and I told them, I said, you know, I can't go to those things anymore. I can't do those things anymore. And, and I invited them to, you know, get saved and walk with the Lord. They didn't want to do it. And so they said, well, if you're not going to be with us, then we're going to just, you know, boot you out and not have anything more to do with you. 
And so I had to make a decision. Am I going to walk with them and be unclean or am I going to come out from among them and walk with God? I'm so glad I made a decision to come out from among them and walk with God. Amen. And I had to separate myself. I wasn't ugly about it or mean or I didn't tell them off or anything. I just separated myself. And they went on right on in their, you know, in their stuff that they, their lewd conduct and whatnot. But you see, if we're going to be Christians and if we're going to, you know, you know, I want to walk holy before God. How about you? And, and to do that, sometimes you're going to have to separate yourself from some folk. And that's not easy to do because you love them. But, but if they're going to continue going down the way they're going, then you're going to have to separate yourself. Now, here he's talking about, you know, unbelievers and whatnot. But I, I always like to go to first, right after we read this here about coming out from among them and all that and unbelievers. I always like to go to first Corinthians five, nine. Let's go there. And because we need to read this right after we read what we just read. We just read about being separate from unbelievers and, and, and all of that. But, but notice, I think you have to read this next to really get the fullness of what the Spirit of God is saying. 1 Corinthians 5, 9. Notice Paul says, By the Spirit of God, I wrote to you in my epistle or in my letter not to keep company with sexually immoral people. And I want to say this before I read on. Did you know the people we hang around affect us? Now, you may not think they do, but they do. And when you hang around people who are acting un, unsavory and, and you're hanging around them, their actions are going to affect you. Did you hear me? Did you, how many heard me? Now, notice right here, let's read this. I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters since then you'd have to go out of the world. How many of you know we're here to reach out to sinners, aren't we? So if we're separating ourselves from the sinners, then how can we ever win them to the Lord? Did you know there's a difference though between between uh, witnessing to or ministering to or loving, if you will, a sinner. There's a difference between reaching out to a sinner and then running with them. How many of you know I can reach out to an alcoholic, but I don't have to be one to reach out to the alcoholic? Is that right? Did you hear what I just said? So he, 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 he what he's saying here is, is he said, hey, if we're going to separate ourselves from, from all of these unsavory people, then we're going to have to leave the world because the world's full of these kind of people. But here is the thing I want to get to you. Look at verse 11. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a what? Named a brother, or we could say this one, not to keep company with anyone named a Christian. Wow. Not to keep company with anyone who, who, who named a brother, named a Christian, who calls himself a Christian, who is what? Sexually immoral, covetous, idolater, reviler, drunkard, extortioner, not even to what? Eat with such a person. Now that's separation, friends. 
See, it's one thing when we talk about, hey, we're going to have to separate from the, from, from, you know, the, 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 the alcoholics or the, or the, the, the sexual perverts or whatever of the world. You know, that's one thing. But, but I'm telling you, when, when we bring it into, hey, the Bible just said, if you've got somebody that calls himself a Christian and they're acting in these manners, then he said, we have to separate ourselves from them. And if we don't, their unclean lifestyle, even though they call themselves a Christian, it's going to affect us. It's going to affect the presence in our life, the presence of God. Do you hear what the Spirit of God is saying? Do you know to walk with God may cost you some of your quote-unquote friends? Like it did with me when I went into the ninth grade. But you know, I'm glad I chose God. You know, there are some people you can't walk with them and with God. Did you hear what I just said? There are some people, I'm talking about Christians. There's a lot of Christians. You can't walk with them and with God. You need to make a choice. Now, now, if you'll go to Isaiah, the sixth chapter and the first verse, I want to take this into an area that the Lord wants me to deal with here this morning because you see, we talk about sexually immoral or we talk about covetousness or we talk about drunkenness, but that's not what the Lord wants me to center on here this morning. Uh, you know, he wants me to center on, well, you'll see as we read, notice this, Isaiah six, verse one talking about separate, keeping a clean house, separating ourselves from Christians even, that, 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 that do things they shouldn't do. But, but I don't want to center in on the, on the sexually immoral stuff or the drunken. I don't want to center in on that. I want to talk about something that, that I think is, 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 is something that, that gets overlooked, that, that the Lord wants me to get to you. Isaiah 6, 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, the train of his robe filled the temple, above it stood seraphim, you know, those are angelic beings, and one had six wings, with the two he covered his face, with the two he covered his feet, and with two he flew, and one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of what? Of what? Of unclean lips. And I dwell, now watch this, I dwell in the midst of a people of what? Unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Unclean lips. This is what the Lord wants me to... as. as This is what he wants me to emphasize. Notice when Isaiah got in the presence of God, he makes this statement, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in a people, in the midst of a people of unclean lips. You see, just being in Jesus' presence, Isaiah realized how out of line his words were. He realized how out of line his words were. Now, you see, Isaiah was being called as a prophet. Now, he was not a cusser. Can you say amen? I don't believe he was a liar. I don't believe he told dirty jokes. Do you? Huh? How many of you think Isaiah told dirty jokes? No. 
he realized just how out of line his, out of line his mouth was. And I think that's something that all of us need to take a look at here is to walk with God and to be close with him. We're going to have to clean our houses up. All right. And of course, we think right away about the sexual sin or the drunkenness or this or the other. You know, I, I really haven't. I really haven't met that many Christians over the years that really cussed. I haven't met that many Christians over the years that told dirty jokes. But I have met multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of Christians who wouldn't think a thing in the world about just that quick gossiping. Just that quick, spreading some news that was unsavory. You see, most Christians, listen here, most Christians with un... How many of you want the presence of God? Listen to me. Most Christians with unclean lips appear wonderful. They're not cussers. They don't tell dirty jokes. I've met so many of them, they don't even speak words of doubt or unbelief. They've got the Christian jargon down wonderfully. They speak wonderful Christianese. And while they're at church in front of everybody and people's looking at them, they would never... Say anything out of line. They can even pray eloquently and supposedly flow in the spirit in their prayers of eloquence. But yet behind the scenes, it's a whole different story. Jesus said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs who indeed appear beautiful outwardly. But inside you're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men. But inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. We need to realize that there's a lot of Christians that what you see is not really what you get. And just being around them is going to affect you for the negative. I'm talking about unclean lips here. I'm talking about talebearers, gossipers. Now, let me say something about Isaiah. I don't believe he was a talebearer or a gossiper. I believe that what Isaiah, when he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, he just realized that in the presence of God, his, even his words weren't what they needed to be. I don't believe he was a gossiper or a backbiter or anything like that. But what the Spirit of God wanted me to do is take that and springboard into what I'm sharing with you now. We need to be watchful that we are not people of unclean lips. And we need to be watchful that we don't hang around people with unclean lips. Again, I'm not talking about cussers. How many of you know you shouldn't cuss? You shouldn't be around cussers. How many of you know you, should, you shouldn't tell dirty jokes? You shouldn't be around people that tell dirty jokes. But, but, but you see, what I'm talking about here this morning is much more subtle than that. And really, 
this thing goes, it's rampant in, it's rampant in, 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 it's just rampant going on in, in this nation and has been for years and it has cost the church the full glory of God that God's wanted to pour out. Unclean lips, tail bearers, gossipers. People who have, did you ever meet a Christian that they just had, they just had to know what was going on? They just had to know what was the current thing going on in somebody else's life. Did you know you can't be that way and walk with God? Now you might be able to be that way and be saved and go to heaven if you really have your faith in Jesus, but you can't be that way and have an intimate walk with God. You can't always be wanting to know what's, what's going on in so-and-so's life. What's the new thing? What, what's going on? What's new in their life? What's new? In, what's new? You know, if, we, if, if we just spend as much time on our own life a lot of times as we spend on other people's lives, wouldn't things be a whole lot better? Having to find out what, what's the news and spreading the news. And usually it's bad news. These people almost never are quick to tell good news, but man, bad news. You heard news travels fast, but bad news even travels faster. You heard that. And if you're one that does this, if you're one that hangs around with people that does this, I'm telling you, you can't have that and God. Not a close walk with God, you can't. You can't have those people and a close walk with God. You can't have those Christians in your life in a close walk with God. Did you hear what I just said? Busybodies. You know, it's interesting. I, I did some work in the Bible on busybodies, and the Amplified brings out concerning a busybody, talks about them as a mischief maker. They're always meddling in the affairs of others, a mischief maker. And you know who the Bible groups the mischief makers, the meddlers, the tailbearers? You know who the Bible groups them with? The murderers, the thieves, and the criminals. First Thessalonians 4.11 in the King James Version. First Thessalonians 4.11 in the King James Version. Watch this. The Bible says that we should study. We should study. We should study to be what? To be what? And to do your own business. Did the Bible just tell you and me that we need to mind our own business? Huh? Did God just tell you and me that we need to mind our own business? And study to be what? Quiet. See, how bad do you want the glory of God in your everyday life? How bad do you want the glory of God in this church? Well, then you have to make a decision. I'm not going to be an unclean Christian, if you will. And I'm not going to hang out any longer with people that are going to be unclean with their lips, that are going to be gossipers and talebearers and Somewhere you got to separate, draw the line and say, that's enough. I, 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 I want the fullness of the glory of God and I can't have it as long as I've got these people in my life. I, I'm choosing God this day. I'm not about people you've been around for years and years and years and they're still just as much of 
There's still just as much today like that as they've ever been. It's time to draw a line in the stand, step across it, and walk with God. Can you say amen? Be quiet. Study. Make a study of it. Be in quiet. God gave us one mouth in two ears. We ought to do twice as much listening as we do talking. Study to be quiet. And mind your own business. Is that right? That's as much for me as it is you. Did you know, and and I've got this written in my notes, I'm going to read it just the way I believe the Lord gave it to me. Jesus has swept multitudes of busybody Christians out of churches that wanted to move on with his presence, but were hindered because these busybody Christians who have been saved for years and should know better were there. Did you get that? First Corinthians 3.17, as I begin to close this, I hope you're hearing what it is the Spirit of God is saying. This is a very sobering message today. Why are you preaching it, Pastor? Do you think there's somebody here that needs to hear it? Well, I don't know. If the shoe fits, wear it, right? I don't know. Maybe there's somebody listening by internet that needs to hear it. Maybe, maybe you're not doing any of these things, but maybe you are hanging around people that do. And maybe God just has me up here saying, hey, he wants you to move up to a higher level. You can't do it with these people in your life. It's time to... Tr- well, you're trying to choose my friends for me, Pastor. No, I'm not. I'm trying to tell you to let God choose your friends for you. And I want you to know something right now, my brother and sister. If somebody will talk bad about somebody else to you when you're not there, they're going to do it to you. And you can say amen or not, but it's the truth. It's the God's honest truth. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 3.17 If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Well, we've read that. But you know what this says, how this reads in the Message Bible? Listen to this. No one will get by with vandalizing God's temple. Now listen to this. Listen to me. These Christians that I've talked about this morning that talk bad about people and they, they, they try to find news out on people and, and they spread that news. And, 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 and we live in a day where it's not just with the word of mouth over the telephone, but how many of you know we've got emails and, and, and Facebook? We got all that now. Is that right? So it's just easier to spread. Is that correct? But these what did, what did the Bible call them? Meddlers or mischief makers? These people that they can't wait to find out the news and spread it. These people would not, listen to me now, they would not come up to this building or any other church building and throw a brick through the window. You know, vandalize. They wouldn't come up here with a spray paint can and spray paint the side of the building. They wouldn't come up here and come into the sanctuary and start kicking the chairs over and, and start cutting the wires to the sound system. They, they wouldn't, they wouldn't van, they, I'm talking about these, these mischief makers. They would never come to this physical 
building and break windows out or spray paint. They would never do that. But they wouldn't give a second thought and in just a moment of time, they'll talk bad about somebody. And when they talk bad about a fellow Christian, God calls them a vandal. They wouldn't vandalize the building, the house. Of, they wouldn't throw a rock through the window, but they'll sure throw words or rocks at other people. And then you wonder a lot of times why the power of God isn't at its full. You wonder why the presence of God isn't at its full. Because you see, God is not going to give you the fullness of his presence if this kind of if you're if you or I are doing these kinds of things or if we're hanging around people that do these kinds of things. Now how many of you really want to experience God's presence in a greater way? Then I want you to take this heart this message to heart. Just listen to what the Bible says in the book of Psalms. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place or presence? He who has clean hands, clean hands and a pure heart. He who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. See, there's those words again. If you want to walk with God, you're going to have to watch your mouth. Listen what... James said to the church, get to the church, to Christians, get rid of all the filth and the evil that's in your lives. Listen to what the apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth. He said, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Modesty. How many of you know Christians ought to dress modest? How many of you know teenage girls ought to dress modest? How many of you know middle-aged girls ought to dress modest? How many of you know old women ought to dress modest? Amen. Ooh, I felt that. Well, you're not old until you're about 90 anyway, so I don't know if we have anything. How many of you know men? How many of you know teenage boys ought to dress modest? Huh? And, and how many of you know middle-aged men ought to dress modest? And how many of you know old men ought to dress modest? You're not old until you're 90, right? You know what I mean? How many of you know you can be fashionable and still modest? How many of you know Christians ought to dress modest? Is that right? He says, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know one reason that I think Christians are, are busy bodies a lot of times and they're... Psh, 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 psh. You know why? I believe they've lost a healthy fear of God. And listen to the book of Ephesians that says... But fornication and all uncleanness or covetous... He's talking to Christians. You know, the, he's talking to Christians here. He said, let it... Let it not even be named among you as fitting for the saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting. Listen to, and this is the last one here for today. Listen, here's what the message Bible says. Listen to this. Boy, this is good. Though some tongues, he's talking to Christians here. Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip. Christians have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty 
are silly. You know, the music we listen to is important. And we need to realize that if you're listening, if you do listen to secular music, you better be real sure what it is they're singing. And I'll go you one better. If you're listening to Christian music in this hour in which we live, you better be real sure what it is they're saying. And I'll just go you this much. A lot of the Christian hip-hop, I think some of it is good. I, 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 but you know, some of it, they talk so fast, I can't understand what they're saying half the time. And you get in there, and my wife did this the other day. Uh, she got the lyrics, and we read down, and we were shocked at quote-unquote Christian Hip-hop, I'm talking sexually lewd stuff in there, dear friends. How many of you want the presence of God? That stuff's got to go. You can't have that and and a close walk with God. I can't have that in a close walk with God. Some tongues just love the taste of gossip. Christians have better uses for language than that. Did you hear what the Spirit of God's saying? Some Christian tongues love the taste of gossip. Do you know your flesh likes it, but we got to keep our flesh under. Christians have better uses for language than that, like edifying somebody and lifting them up. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. How many of you know gossip doesn't fit the Christian style? I said, how many of you know gossip doesn't fit the Christian style? How many of you know that dirty talk or dirty jokes or silly talk doesn't fit the Christian lifestyle? Let's be a church that moves up above all of this and let's walk with God. What do you say? And again, I'm not saying there's anybody here that needed to hear this. Maybe somebody on the internet. But if the shoe fits, what? Wear it. And and maybe you don't do any of this, but maybe you've been hanging around and living in the midst of people that do, other Christians that do. It's time to separate uh, and and let's move up and let's have all that God has for us. Can you say amen? amen? Let's stand in the presence of God. I preached a little long today, went a little longer than normal, but I believe that we said some things that that is helpful. Amen? Praise God forevermore. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Heads bowed, eyes closed, just for a moment here, right before we dismiss. Two things. Number one, if you're here in this room today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never repented of your sin.